Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of Be Heard podcast. I hope you've all had a good week. I'm just doing some faffing with my computer, but today's episode is communication, it's not just words. So some neurodivergent conditions like autism, for example, are described as a deficit in communication, as well as a few other things, but primarily deficit in communication with others and understanding non verbal communication skills. So this baffled me. The first time I read it, it really did baffle me. And it was something I worked on in therapy quite a lot when I was about 18. Communication to me was 100% the physical words. So they had fun that was 100% of the meaning. But if it was yeah, I had fun. Or, yeah, we had loads of fun. Like, that's me being very exaggerated of different vocal tones, but to me, they meant all the same thing. And to a large extent, they still do. But I want you to imagine something for a second. Imagine closing your eyes so you can't see someone's face, body, and imagine you could only hear one tone, one monotonic vocal tone and when I say this because we've all had one teacher or lecturer at some point or someone in our life that talks like this and doesn't change their tone to me that is more or less what everything sounds like although I can hear differences I can't attach that difference to a meaning so 100% to me although it's not is what's physically said But in reality, that's a very different thing. Imagine communication is broken down into percentages. And statistically, this is like scientifically proven, that 55% of communication from one person to another is the body language in which each person is taking part in. 38% is the voice and tone that they use. Is it excited and happy or is it, I'm angry? And 7% is the spoken word. And that's a very drastic difference to how I perceive the world. That's a 93% difference. (laughs) It's quite difficult. So this is a concept that always has baffled me. For the longest time, I considered the spoken word as everything. And that's put me in some difficult situations because I do not understand sarcasm in any way, shape or form. I'm not good at it. I don't understand it. And quite often people have to explain to me what is sarcasm. Personally, I find it hard to understand the voice tone, but I try my best to understand what the variety of tones mean in relation to the spoken word. But if they don't match up accurately, I am very confused. I'm better today than I was yesterday. And yes, it is difficult, but I do my best. So what I think about tone and voice, and to me, I misunderstand quite often when someone's angry or mad, because just a slight abruption to me is... (gasps) that person's angry at me, like, what have I done, what have I done, what have I done, what have I done, and I really struggle to get around that, 
and I often go, why are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? It's like, I'm not, I'm just having a bad day. And I'm like, no, yeah, no your, your voice tone changes. And because I mask really well, I can analyse your vocal tone so far, like drill down into it. I'm like, no, that's different. That's different. That's different. Especially if I know you well. And tone in what you're saying and nuances in differences and what's it called exaggerations on specific words like you need to do this for your assignment I miss completely so you may or if it was this may be on the test so it might be okay that's but this is this really should have a subcontext and my mum I used to say to my mum they let this teacher said this yeah child take the hint to me you need like those subcaptions it's like this means this is going to be on a test and these little changes although they may seem minor you lose such a nuance of the communication that people are trying to have with you and the world around you imagine only understanding seven percent that's massive so a doctor saying let's say this is serious with a tone of but it's going to be okay versus this is serious like you could die to me there's no fluctuation it's either good or it's bad communication is something we all take for granted and i thought for 18 years that it was normal to find this such a hard concept to grasp and communication it's not clear and people communicate in different ways and this brings me on to body language and now if you're one of my friends you know that if your body language isn't appropriate for a situation I will openly tell you it's like if we're at a networking event and you sat there and you're like this if you're on video and you crush your arms and you sunk down in your seat I was like uncross your arms we're going to look approachable now we're we're in a business setting darling (laughs) and that's quite difficult but I didn't understand for really ages that your subconscious use your body to communicate which is difficult because for people like me who are neurodivergent we often stim which is a forget the full translation but it's a self-stimulating behavior to regulate emotion and it can often be fidgeting, like I'm endlessly with something like this, it's a fidget cube, I think if we can see it on camera, and to describe it, it is a plastic box with little things that attach them, and you can fiddle with it repetitively, it goes one way, then the other, and then the other again, and you start the process over, and over, and over, and the misconception of what I'm doing when I'm fidgeting with something like this or this thing is like this other thing that I've got in my hand right now is like a rubber strip with a bit of magnet on the end and two little magnets but my issue with this one is it makes a loud noise and you literally rub it the magnets up and back and forth and the misconception of that is that I'm bored and I'm not paying attention But in reality, to me, this is me paying attention. This is me distracting my anxiety and my body and my senses onto one thing so I can listen to what you're saying. 
I'm going to put them down over there so I don't mess up the audio. But these, they're very vital things that people think are naughty behaviours that aren't. And when you acting like this in public, quite often, and I will endlessly work till the end of my days to break this stereotype, is that you're bored, you're not interested, you're not paying attention. And that's not true. And this is where I think masking comes in massively for me. Because I mask so well because I've had to that this communication difficulty people don't often see. And I hear it all the time off uni lectures and things. She's a great communicator. She manages so well. Um, you communicate things clearly, concisely. And all I'm thinking is how much energy it takes me to be able to do that. So what... I almost have to like visually see and learn body language. And I used to spend hours when I was a teenager because when I was so confused, I'd spend hours looking and going... Oh, that means that? <gasps> when I'm doing that, I feel that. And that was a big thing for me to learn. And I think it's still learning because I think body language changes from age to situation to circumstances. Like, I never realised that tapping my leg was a sign of anxiety. Like, genuinely, I just didn't know. And crossing your arms and hunching in is a sign you're either nervous or you're angry. Or clenching your fists is anger. Um, I used to do that a lot when I was younger. <laughs> and I think it it becomes quite telling. And people often say, and often women especially, get go to the doctors like I did when we were younger, saying, I am just tired constantly. And it's, oh, is it a menstrual problem? Oh, she's just being a teenager. An actual fact, I spend... I call it spoons, so we'll go into spoons theory quickly, kind of heading all over the place in this episode, but it's all about communication, so we'll get there. You have a certain amount of spoons per day, so let's say, we'll say these pens are spoons, so I've got three pens in my hand, uh, a red one, a green one, and a purple one. I have this amount of energy to expel today. The red one is worth five spoons, the green one's worth three, and the purple one is worth one. I need to do a certain amount of tasks today, okay? I need to go to university and go to my lecture and come home. That can be the five spoon one. That's gone. By the time I've listened to the lecture, focused on what they're saying, dealt with the sensory issues and listened to the subcontext in what people are saying, that's gone. That's the energy that I'm not getting back today. Okay, I need to be civil with with people and I need to do some communications for my business that's that's the next two gone out of the way where I need to generally focus and make sure what I'm saying and what I'm in the tone that I'm saying it in comes across how I want it to and this then that leaves me with this one to do everything else with that day and that's a very simplified ob- objective you'll get more than five spoons a day but the energy the, the concept is that when you use that energy that energy is gone and the amount of energy that people on the autism spectrum spend over analysing conversations they've had, conversations they're going to have, because re- we rehearse them, I know you do it, and analysing in the present moment of what's happening 
takes up so much brain power, it is exhausting. And people say, yeah, you communicate with ease. And in fact, it's absolutely draining. So I have a few coping strategies that I use that help me cope with communicating. And there are members of the autistic community who are non-verbal. And I think the last statistic I read was that 40% of people on the autism spectrum are non-verbal or very little, have very little verbal capacity. And this isn't because they can't hear or they physically there isn't the ability to speak. It's the pathway. They can make noises they just can't vocalise, essentially. But this doesn't mean they don't communicate. This just means they're non-verbal. And their voices need to be heard as well. And as an, as someone that sees the neurotypical world, and I'm in it majority of the time, we rely on the three. We rely on the spoken way, spoken word, the way it's said, vocal tone, and body language. And then you've got members of our community, which is a significant amount, who can't verbalise. So then you are looking at people who either communicate through writing or people who are communicating through, um, what's it called? Uh, there's like software on, on tablets like iPads and it's you press the button. They can make the sentences up and type them and the computer reads it for them. But then you lose the vocal tone because y- you um, a computer voice that is like this. And it's really difficult. So although communication is something that's so complex, it's almost like a matrix that is endlessly moving, we expect it to be a certain way. But what if we removed that? So in our family, because we know that I'm a little bit weird and we love the fact that I'm weird, or I love the fact that I'm weird, I question. My family say they do, I'm just like, I am a bit strange and we openly admit it. Um, We have a few things because we know where my deficits really are with communication and in our house we have the rule called raise right hand when joking. And we don't do it all the time, but it's kind of a thing so if I miss a joke and I give a puzzled look (laughs) my mum or my brother or someone very close to me who knows they'll go they'll raise their right hand like like you would in a classroom hi um so I know it was meant to be a joke I don't need to understand and then someone will explain the joke to me and I'll go why is that funny oh that is funny and I I you quite often have to explain things a little bit to me And this brings me on to the topic of sarcasm. Sarcasm goes right over my head. (laughs) Like, straight over. Doesn't even go in through the brain. It just goes straight over the top of my hair and back over me. Um, So by raising that hand, I understand when my family members are actively being sarcastic. It is quite helpful. But what I really wanted to say is that communication is so complex. But can we remove the level of judgment if someone doesn't communicate either effectively well in the moment or well verbally but not in a written format because that's a that's a neurodivergent thing as well or vice versa so one way or another whether it's they're really good at typing it and 
putting an email together with a in a, with a question and vocalizing their response versus actually having a conversation is weak or strong verbal verbalization and difficulty putting that into words on a page and what if we remove this stereotype that people all communicate the same way and what if we stop judging people for not communicating how we expect them to because i'm i'm really good at masking and and it has its downfalls but it enables me to communicate in a neurotypical world when I need to and that's not me saying that I don't have a deficit and that I don't struggle with communication but this is me saying and acknowledging that I can put a brave face on and go yeah 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 yeah," because I learn like many autistic females how to communicate in the world around me by watching other people and that watching other people has taught me more or less, I'd say about 95% of what I know about communication and how to do it clearly and effectively and progressively with purpose. So what I want to leave you with is this idea that communication, the words that come out of your mouth are only worth 7% of the picture. And next time if someone doesn't understand you, think about that. How is your body language portraying? Does your body language match your vocal tone or words? Does your tone match what you're trying to say? Are you trying to say something serious and saying, you need to do better? You need to do better in a sing-song voice. Because these things actually matter. As much as I would say it doesn't and we should just go off what people verbally say and the world would be a lot simpler, it's not how it works. So that's my idea idea that I wanted to talk about. Communication, it's a complex matrix, but let's not judge each other, because it's not just words. So yes, I hope you've had a good fortnight. I think we're heading towards Easter now, I'm kind of recording these ahead of time. Um, But yeah, let me know in the comments if there's anything you would like to hear me discuss or contemplate um, and subscribe and like this video and I will speak to you guys soon. Bye!